Welcome to another Chinchilla Squeaks. Uh, if you're joining for the first time, I have changed the name of the show recently. I just realized you also need to change the name of the... It's a problem when you change the name of something. You suddenly notice all the places you need to change the name. Um, been a busy week of interviews, mostly because of KubeCon, uh, which was last week, but it takes a while for me to catch up. And today is no exception. I think you might be my... Oh, no, I have a couple more in the next few weeks. But... Um, my guest today is John Amaral of Slim AI. So, Hello. How are you doing, John? Good, Chris. Thanks for having me. Worries. So Slim AI, the, the tagline is developer tools to help create production-ready containers quickly. What, is, what, is, what does that mean? What's, let, let's begin with, firstly, you know, what, what, is some, what is a developer trying to do that they cannot do right now effectively that Slim AI helps? Sure. Well, in, in, in the age of cloud-native software, creation, development, deployment, et cetera, right, we, um, we, we first uh, you know, assume that you know, Kubernetes is the sort of cloud-native operating system and containers are the unit of software these days, meaning that um, in, in that scenario, developers are, Writing code like they always have, which power the application. And then at some point, they, they render that code into the form of a container, and then sets of containers become services, and then services become applications, and, and so on. And in that process of going from the code that I wrote, I'm a developer, I'm expert at that, uh, and always have been, to putting those bits inside of a Docker container and then shipping it off into the production environment, well, that goes along quite a journey. They create, build, deploy, run in, in basic terms. And somewhere along the line, you're interacting with the folks, the DevOps folks, the SREs, et cetera, whose job it is is to know everything about that infrastructure. Maybe less about the app that the developer builds. And, and conversely, the developer knows everything about the app and they know less about the infrastructure. And that infrastructure is you know, increasingly complex. Making containers that are trivial is pretty easy. You make a Docker file, you put some code in the container, and it just runs typically in your environment. But there's chapter and verse in our industry about container best practices, and they typically talk about um, act activities around building containers that are smaller, more secure, where you have control of what code's inside, that dependencies aren't going to creep in, changes in dependencies aren't going to creep in and disrupt the integrity of that container, everything from worrying about software supply chain and what's in your container to, well, let's not run things in production that shouldn't be there because they'll run faster, they'll deploy faster, et cetera. So the idea of production-ready containers is really how well can an organization's developers produce an output that is ready to run under those criteria? It's small, I understand the software, uh, et cetera. Um, and that's really the, the, the bit about production-ready containers. Okay. And so under the hood of all of this seems to be, I'm just found on uh, GitHub, is Docker Slim seems to be the, the yes. foundation. Um, so what, what is going on? I mean, this is open source, so I guess we can talk about it. What's going on there? What, what is Absolutely. Docker Slim? Great question. Uh, and it's really the genesis of, uh, at the heart of the genesis of our company. So uh, myself and my co-founder, Kyle Quest, uh, set about the journey to build this company like about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, but prior to that, we've worked together as, um, as co-executives and leaders and architects and technologists at several companies building very large SaaS um, properties, uh, 
and and um, it's quite successful ventures together. And um, and Kyle is as uh, an insatiable optimizer, meaning that he he loves to make his developers work better. Um, and when we are a de- we call ourselves a developer first company, it's all about making the devs yeah. successful and and really you know, passionate about that. And um, several years ago, he he was encountering a, a conundrum in in the development of his own work and his developers' work, which was developers were spending more and more time in his organization um, producing, working in, in these sort of DevOps, I'd say, um, uh, work streams. Uh, you know, the, the bits about making their stuff run and the infrastructure, right? And and that, you know, we, we have DevOps engineers, of course, that's all good, but, but he was finding more and more difficulty doing the production-ready container uh, things that I was talking about earlier. Developers just didn't have the capabilities. They didn't have the know-how. They didn't want to do it, <laughs> et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So he said about building a tool called Docker Slim. And one of the problems was basically make containers smaller and more secure for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. So he had an idea about how he might be able to do that. And our history is we, we worked in a lot of very large security software companies uh, and mm-hmm. building these big SaaS projects. And um, he... he 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 imagined using some of the techniques that he'd learned as a as a serious software security technologist. He he employed this idea that if I in, in security we want to know all the bad parts of software that's in that's running somewhere. Yeah. Find the bad stuff, right? <laughs> he said, well, wait a minute. If I look at this from the application composition perspective, what if I could turn that technology around, like the ideas? And, and and find all the parts of a container that should be there, yeah. but none of the other stuff. Yeah, so you yeah. use that lens, created a hackathon project. I think it was for one of the Docker cons, if I remember correctly. And um, and he and he was able to produce Docker Slim's, you know, basically the genesis of Docker Slim, its first mm-hmm. code. And basically, it's pretty simple. You have a container as an input. It's an arbitrary container. Say it's a container that's one gig in size. We call it the fat yeah. container, right? And um, and and Docker Slim. Uh, takes that container and analyzes it both statically and dynamically, which is, means it, it, it sort of analyzes everything that's inside it, and then it runs it and watches it run. And, and when it's turned on, it allows a developer to stimulate it with arbitrary tests. It has a mechanism for doing that. And it runs it in the Docker daemon, et cetera. When it's done doing those observations, it, um, it can produce a number of very insightful artifacts like a report about exactly what was running in that container or a report about the bits that it thinks you need to run that container. And, and it can also output a, 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 a another container, which is the, is the functional set yeah. that it found to be necessary for it to run minus all the things it didn't like about it. It reorganizes the container. It produces a new output container and it's very successful at producing minimize output containers that are functionally the same as the input container. And it does that by observing what code needs to run in there and, and files, et cetera. And so he uh, has continued to evolve that project diligently forever. Um, and again, at the sort of back, uh, uh, you know, a year ago or so, we were talking about it. You know, we've, of course, uh, have worked together a lot and are very friendly. And, and we said, you know, this is interesting. And, 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 and aside on that is it's got, you know, ten more than ten thousand stars. It's got more than two hundred thousand downloads. We think there's you know tens of thousands of people who have and are still using it. So it's become a very popular tool for developers who who need to make their containers smaller, faster, and more secure. And uh, the security 
uh, commentary. It can produce automatically a sec comp and app armor profile. So you don't have to go through and make the whitelist yourself. People find that convenient. Say you have vulnerabilities in a container, like it's not typical for base images. You find to have hundreds of vulnerabilities. Oftentimes we run it through this system and app plus container, check it, um, uh, uh, reduce it, produce an output, check the vulnerabilities. They're oftentimes 10 or a hundred times less than the input because a lot of the vulnerabilities are found in files you don't even need. And so this tool has become a really streamlining component in folks workflows who have adopted it to, um, to get them to not have to do the grunt work really of, of hand minimizing. It's, you know, say you have a vulnerability in a file, you, you go and look in that file and that file is, you know, some, some, you know, arbitrary name, you don't know what part of the OS it's from. You don't know if you actually need it. Developers struggle with the, with this, I'd call it infrastructure centric parts of their job, which are how to make their container smaller. So yeah. that's what it is. And, and it became the sort of genesis or nucleus tech that we started the business on. The business has a much bigger vision than this, but it is a piece of the puzzle for us. And it's a very successful piece yeah. of the puzzle. It reminds me in some respects, they used to be more in the past, the Docker image kind of analyzes where it would show you all the bits and all the dependencies sure. that were part of it, but does something smarter with it. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah I mean, there are lots of great um, uh, singular tools out there that do that. Um, and, 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 and Docker Slim has some capabilities like that to kind of show you what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's uh, you know, we've, we've, we're trying to not only give you a toolings for observation and an analysis, but then also give you these automatic uh, yeah. outcomes that save a lot of time. Some of the results you list here, well, the repository list here are quite amazing. Um, it seems that Ubuntu is particularly guilty, um, which would make sense. There's probably a lot of other stuff in, included in there. Um, 432 megabytes to 14. Um, and then you get things like Alpine, which have been intentionally developed to be slim, 66 to 34, which, right. I mean, it's still not bad, but of course it starts yeah. from a much smaller. <laughs> there's an interesting, uh, there's an interesting thing we've learned, um, recently as we, as we watch developer behavior and, uh, and what they want. And again, I, I categorize this as a developer first company really mm. focused on making life great for developers, less friction. Uh, you, you brought up Ubuntu and Alpine, right? And I think there's an interesting philosophical shift that can happen when you, when you think about making some of these, autom- these, these um, optimizations more automatic. Um, yeah. Alpine, the, both of these are great operating systems and, 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 and are really good um, at what they're for. I think the interesting thing that we've, we've learned is that developers want low friction and fast, you know, highly agile development. And that means like using the tools they want. We, we don't intend to change anybody's workflow with this, with our, with our strategy for our business. It's really about, you know, helping developers work the way they want to work, but give them outcomes they would have to do a lot more work to get. Mm-hmm. Ubuntu, for instance, is interesting. Um, and it's a, a fabulously good operating system for developers, right? Yep. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great tool, a great operating system for building these kind of um, building apps fast, getting them to be highly uh, performant and getting them to be highly, um, uh, you know, in high, with high integrity. Developers who use the Docker Slim um, ideas would rather start with a fat operating system than a small operating system in the beginning because that's what they want. Yeah, they, yeah. When, you, when you start with something, a base image that's really small, 
you have as you develop on it and you change the composition of the app, you oftentimes find there are things missing in the operating system that you need as a foundation for your app. So so this idea of I curate the smallest possible base image by hand initially, I add the bits I want, usually turns into the developer has a break fix cycle to reconcile. They yep. they will have to like add the dependencies they need. And oftentimes the breaks are not simple. It's some operating system piece that you didn't understand you needed in the first place. Exactly, so yeah. <laughs> a cool methodology is start with Ubuntu, an operating system I love, and then add your app and then use a tool like Docker Slim to Chip turn away. that into something very small, start big and then winnow down, yeah. um, tends to make developers go faster. Yeah, And that's sense. the cool yeah. thing. Yeah, you have, I have a tendency to do the same thing when I'm kind of messing around with things. You just kind of chuck dependencies left, right, and center. And you're like, oh, worry about it later, worry about it later. And then you start to optimize. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and, and what precisely the pattern that Kyle was trying to address with the designing this tool, which is let developers do what they love, what they yep. want, the way they love. And then take all the friction out of having them get to an output that the DevOps and infrastructure folks will love as well. So it's kind of like a best of both worlds exactly. approach. So let's focus on Slim.ai then. What does sure. what does or what will? I get the impression might be the bigger, the more of the question. Slim.ai add to no. to Docker Slim because at the moment I go to the website, it says get the app. It takes me to the right. GitHub repository. So what's coming next? What's the what do you awesome. do next? Thank, thank, yeah, great question. So we are um, we're building upon a vision uh, for creating even more capabilities, workflow tooling. Um, that will help developers along this journey to building and producing and deploying, uh, you know, these, these awesome containers, right. And, and sets of containers as apps. And as we've, um, and we are an open source roots company. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't call us per se an open source company. We are a, we are a software company that has open source software as an important part of its, of its portfolio. Mm-hmm. We're in the process right now of building a, a broader platform, a SaaS platform. It's actually in private beta, so it's invitation-only beta, and um, and 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 its its job is to is to sort of make it simpler for developers to interact with containers wherever they are. Um, and so there are a lot of use cases that live around the um, around this theme, which is. As a developer, I need to understand uh, and find containers that are, are best suited for me to start my app. And the f- starting points for those containers, where they live, uh, before I, I sort of decide the, they're the ones I want, could be in public in public repositories, like on Docker Hub, which has you know the, the world's containers on it, um, uh, especially the lots of the public starting points. And... And they could be inside of my uh, our company's repos that are maybe on yep. Amazon ECR, et cetera. I've got to kind of know where everything is today. The repos are disparate. Um, oftentimes, developers lack tools to go and seek those containers and to easily understand what's inside them, to be able to record that, organize containers. What I'm describing is really, um, you know, if I use a common kind of uh, uh, um, uh, references, think of an idea of, of, of a system that can can touch everywhere containers are produced and can live. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a like a, 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 a SaaS platform that can reach and touch Google, Amazon, etc. And 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 it can also give you inline processing that allows you to interact and optimize containers as you as you seek them. So. One one part of our platform is this almost Google search like capability for containers. I can go to the command line and say view.js, 
Mm-hmm. And it will search everywhere you, 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 you'd like to look for a container. It automatically analyzes the container for you when you search it, produces a very complete view of that container, what's inside it, observations about it, what are the software operating systems. And then from that, you can organize that container into sets with other containers. And now you can use that as a, as a sort of a management plane for, for, for controlling, optimizing, et cetera, those containers. So really what we've noticed is there's a lot of manual bookkeeping, manual effort, complex infrastructure to get to what I just described. We want to simplify that for you. And of course, one of the capabilities will be this optimization uh, opportunity that we already have with Docker. So I found a couple of uh, blog posts that sort of illustrate what you're aiming for here. Um, So one of the things actually that intrigued me was you're talking about container best practices. So, is this going to be almost like container linting or something oh, well, like that? Or... <laughs> well, that's, that's part of it, actually. Okay. Uh, actually, the Docker Slim tool has a, an emergent, I'll call it, a very early form of, of linting in it. Uh, actually, it has several, several core functional sets. One is this optimization thing I described mm-hmm. earlier. It also has a command we call X-Ray, which is a very good container internals analysis tool. Uh, and, and, and by the way, these core capabilities are some of the basis for the underlying processing in our, in our, in our I'll call it SaaS platform. And, um, and then it has a, a, a rudimentary linter that we expected to, to build out more of, and that'll allow you to like really assess the composition of a container and give you recommendations in the long run. It's not quite up to that today, but it's an emergent feature. It has some profiling capabilities as well. So yes, the, the answer is, we want to be um, a tool that has a lot of, of comp- gener- insights that it generates on your behalf. So rather than just giving you analysis and you making the decision, we want to have those, those best practices objectives in mind, have an opinionated system that says, hey, by the way, I see what you have there. Um, you could do better. And, and here's how. And if you want, here's a tool that helps you. Yeah. Um, and, and be sort of the big, the, 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 the sort of benevolent uncle for every container all the time. So, for instance, we want to be that um, friend that says, hey, by the way, I saw that you, um, you didn't reference that container quite right. And you're likely to get a dependency problem. If, if, if that persists, you might want to change the reference in the, in, the, in the Docker file to this, or we might change it for you, and so on. So we're, right. we've always got your back on making containers better, even when externalities affect the future benefit of that, of those, of that software, which means the developer has to think a lot less about, you know, like what ifs and risks yeah. in long term. Yeah. 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 And then one of the other parts I see, which I think is something that you covered already was, um, yeah, the ability to sort of search across multiple repositories or sources of containers to find ones that I suppose slim AI recommends i guess is kind of the the principle there possibly yeah we we do um intend in in our current form of our of our private beta we have these uh what we call collections we're going to find a better name for them but it's basically starting point sets where we say hey if you're thinking about building a web app this might be a good place for you to start because we know other people have had success doing that and we've analyzed those containers and they seem seem good but we also give you free you know the um the freedom to uh, explore. Uh, it's actually more a discovery than search because we do give you tools to make decisions for yourself pretty rapidly. Yeah. So 
we want users to be able to um, seek from whatever source they like. That's certainly something we, we're, we're striving for. And the second is, is to give them um, as much shortcuts or, or tooling as possible to help them go fast in making those decisions. It's pretty normal for DevOps in a, in a, in, a, in I'd say a moderately, um, you know, advanced organization. Uh, it's often true that there are sets of developers or DevOps folks whose job it is is to kind of figure out what the right starting points are for any new app we build on containers. We want to make that super simple for people because yep. we know that that's um, a lot of difficult work that could be easier. It's interesting because in the interface that you present in um, some parts here, like the overview of different images reminds me a little of, I don't know if you remember Kitematic, um, which used to I be don't. the kind of unofficial, I think it was Kitematic, the unofficial like Docker GUI for developers that kind of got acquired by Google and then rolled into the kind of now dashboard they have for Docker Desktop. Um, but it lost a few things on the way that Kitematic used to have. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually have to go seek it now. I want to go find oh, out. I, don't, I don't think it's long but... gone. It's basically yeah. been folded into Docker Desktop, but a few features got lost on the way, which are kind of what some of what you have a little here, bizarrely. Cool. Cool. Well, you know, I guess uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. I, um, yeah, we, we haven't seen that, but you know, we, there are lots of, uh, um, Lots of uh, analogs, you know, we, because we've, you know, we've got great, I've got gray hair and we've, we've watched, looked at a lot of tools over yeah. the years, you know, you can't help but, uh, but emulate the best no, you've for seen. Sure, for sure. There for was, sure. I think, a tool from uh, our CTO, Kyle, who's, a, you know, a far greater guru at all this than I am. He, um, he, he references an old tool he used many years ago from Norton, which was, I think, Norton Command, oh, I forget the name of it, but it was a tool basically that you could look at everything on your operating system and it had, he, he references as a pretty, cool example of a easy, you know, for a developer, an easy to use interface. And so I think, um, you know, we, we do a lot of user testing and I really just goal is to find something that, you know, users can navigate through quickly. Developers can navigate through quickly and, and it feels familiar. So yep. yeah, you know, the, the, there's only so many ways to make an explorer, but yeah, I, I, I love to see what you're talking about. It, it, it I, yeah. I don't think it exists anymore. So you, I'm not, yeah. sh- I don't know. You, you've got me intrigued now. Let me see if it's still, <laughs> Oh, actually, the website still exists, but it now part of the Docker toolbox. No, got it. You possibly still find it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll find it. I, I'll, go, I'll go back in the, uh, in the time machine and see if I can find it. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then I suppose the most important part of this that relates to what CMOs is bringing is the Explorer part where you could see how the container is built, which alludes to what I said earlier about some of these analysis tools that you used to get um, right. in the different layers and things like that. But, um, and then this x-ray part. So this, this x-ray thing is kind of intriguing. It's kind of hard to see as well because there can be potentially so much. Uh, <laughs> and the yeah, fact that I'm kind of at my screen shows you how much detail there is. <laughs> right. So what is I that actually if, uh, showing? It, it's visualizing the entire container build in a trick. You know what I can do? I always forget I can actually do this, especially for the video. People, I'm actually, uh, oh, no, I have it open in a different browser. Forget about that. But there's a, there's a blog post link that people can find, and there's this yeah. X-ray. So, yeah, explain what that is because you've mentioned it a couple of times, and I'm trying to understand quite, I suppose, more how it helps developers. Right. I, the, well, 
if you're a developer seeking um, to understand or debug a container, uh, and these are two pretty common patterns that, that developers have to follow. One is, I, I in container best practices, right? The, the, literally, if you if you distill the ten or so documents that exist out there from every, from all the major cloud providers, etc., you would find that early on in those documents, it would say, "Understand your public container." Right. So that that's really a discovery problem. Right. And and what you need to do when they mean understand it, they don't mean necessarily understand how it how it functions. They mean understand like how it's made, how yeah. it's built, because the composition of a container has lots to do with how well it caches, for instance, or how fast it is um, at when you make any code change to rebuild that container, um, you know, how the layers are organized. Are there any licensing bits in there that you yeah. might not yeah. want? Right? Is, <laughs> this uh, is a common is it, one that a lot of the, people forget about. Actually, the licensing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Does it have um, the tools you need? Like, does it have Bash? Does it have mm. um, uh, a package manager? Does it have the right versions of software in there? Yeah. It's it's you know containers make it really easy because of their portability and their atomicity to just get running. Right. But but basically, you know, software lifecycle require you know best practices require that you really understand your software which is uh, yeah. fun so so this tool uh, our goal is to make that job really easy and fast you, you we want quick insight and and rapid decision making opportunities so in our and 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 some of the references that are out there aren't even our latest version of this these analysis tool suite but but x-ray at its basic provides um, this this raw and analytic framework for understanding in detail what these containers are, and then in our platform that we're that we're in beta with, we take that that insight and we distill it into um, and we take that that knowledge, uh, the, the details of the container and how it's built, and we turn it into insights that a developer can rapidly understand. For instance. Uh, one is is a simple just what operating system am I talking about here, mm-hmm. um, and and it's not always easy to do that uh, by just looking at a Docker file. Um, it, also, what are the dependencies in here? What are the environment variables in here? What are the layers? What's in those layers? Can I search them? For instance, in our latest version of the Explorer, you can see this new um, view that gives you almost like free text search capability inside the container. So you can say license at the command line yeah, okay. and get a listing of all the licenses, <laughs> and so. Um, what we hear from users, we do a lot of user testing, is it's the fastest way they've seen to grok a container, to really get to know it quickly. And that yeah. helps in, if you're evaluating a dozen different containers, yep. this can really yep. cut yep. the yep. workload to do that. Yeah. And, and what we see others using, and which I've used myself and our developers do and others, is what happens if I, something changes with a dependency in a container, et cetera, and that container is broken. How easily can you compare it to its predecessor container and make a distinction about what changed? This change insight um, is, a, is an important part of the feature set that we're developing, which is, you know, I've got a broken container. The old version worked. This one doesn't. I don't know what changed. Help me. That's another uh, another goal of, of, of this X-ray capability. And so you're also adding a command line interface, which makes perfect sense, and that's good to see. The other thing that yep, intrigues developers me, love, we love, yeah, exactly. developers love the command line. It's important. <laughs> but you're also adding an API. Um, what kind of uh, uses are you expecting people to use the the API to the various um, features right. you offer for? Sure. Part of this, I mentioned earlier that we want to be a platform that can extend and, and be in, engaged with any system you have that uh, that that handles or produces or records containers. So part of the Slim.ai developer platform um, 
is this is this capability to interact with say for instance CI/CD systems mm-hmm. CI/CD mm-hmm. systems produce containers that's an output yep. Yep. we want we want to interact uh, with that okay, so okay, with, okay. you yeah, could okay. either do that through uh, basically what we what you do is you use a uh, our APIs to interact with with these containers um, with with your CI/CD system, and it can record containers in our system, or send them to us, or take them, or we return containers through that means. So effectively, it's an interface that allows developers to integrate our functions, our capabilities with anything they want. Yeah. Um, we're, yeah. we're we're actually in process of building a what I'd call a, a an API agent, which is a which is a, a piece of software that will you know will give the code away to or, or, you know, certainly share freely. And, um, and that will allow developers to then use that abstraction to interact. But the APIs are really there for integration purposes. Yep. And, I and actually earlier that we are going one, one, one thing I noticed in the UI that potentially, I suppose, comes out the API as well and, and starts to make this make a lot more sense is you can actually, as far as I could see, you can output an optimized Docker file from the process. So you kind of feed exactly. all your inputs in use the CICD pipeline to actually then get like the final Docker image that goes. Yeah. The uh, final Docker image. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. the workflow we see uh, users doing. They, they have their CICD producing containers the way they always have. Um, but they end up with a container that, that they want to then act on, understand, optimize, view, check differences, etc. They'll, they'll pipe that to us. And one way you can do that is to pipe it to our cloud through our APIs. Uh-huh. And then uh, we optimize it. <laughs> We yeah. record what we learned. Now you can use all of our tools, these software tools that we have. And, and then uh, we return the container back to the CICD system. Uh, there are ways you could do it in line too with, our, with, with, some, with some of our um, downloadable software. But, um, but then you go about your business of now vulnerability scanning that container, um, testing that container. And con- smaller containers are faster to scan. For yep. So you yep. speed up your CICD time <laughs> yeah. um, and, and all that. And that helps uh, developers go faster as well. I should have mentioned earlier that, you know, we, we, um, we're still in a phase of our, of our, of our, um, of our, devel- of our life cycle where, you know, we are, we, we are um, in, in interacting with developers you know, closely to evolve our features. We don't have anything for sale yet. We're still uh, in, in, uh, in, in free software mode and, and, and uh, and evaluation mode, I'd call it you know beta phase. Yeah. Um, we will all, we will have uh, in our in our future uh, always have free open source software that yeah. we'll continue to maintain. We expect to have um, a free um, SaaS okay. software that folks can use with the free open source together and get continuous value from. Um, and then and our our goal uh, in the future is to have you know obviously commercial software, but that is you know that you know, developers can will, will will benefit as they as they grow their value from us. So we really want to make sure we're we're building software that developers can just use and 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 benefit from. And so, when do you think the 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 SaaS offering will be an initial release? What sort of timeline? We're expecting to get to what I'd call a, a sort of a public open beta. Um, you know, this summer. So mm-hmm. um, you know, that's probably. Yeah, and it's you know uh, something like that. Um, we're pretty pragmatic, you know. We we it's sort of like you know uh, when it's good enough when you see it, right? And uh, and we're we're continuing to work that way. We're very you know we we don't we want we want to build something developers love, and we're really ardently um, committed to that. So it's uh, the more developers that interact with us, and the more um, you know love we can give them, and 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 
and just learn from them, um, the more I think we'll build stuff that, that works. And so far, so good with Docker Slim. It's really popular. People love it. And, um, and, and we get a lot of great feedback and that community has been wonderful to us, uh, to help us learn. Excellent. Uh, John Amaral of Slim AI. And unsurprisingly, you can find more at slim.ai. Um, thanks very much for joining me. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for the opportunity to join.